You're listening to Launched by Launch, the official podcast of Launch Chattanooga, a nonprofit that works to serve and empower underrepresented entrepreneurs. In turn, fostering a community that builds hope and equity to all individuals. On this episode, we have Ella Livingston of Coco Asante, who I like to refer to as a teacher by day and chocolatier by night. Um, how do you feel about that that title that I just gave you? Well, I actually love it because it describes all that I am. <laughs> um, so obviously, like I just said, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, what grade two do you teach? Fill us in a little about about your day job. All right. So I teach secondary math. So I've taught anywhere from eighth grade to seniors in high school. Um, and I've taught all around Chattanooga. So various different schools. Um, and then so getting to the chocolatier part, like most people, I feel like today you have a side hustle that you mm-hmm. are quickly building into a business. So fill us in a little bit about um, Coco Asante, what that is. So Coco Asante is a premium chocolate truffle company. Um, we handcraft our chocolate truffles and we sell them around uh, the Chattanooga area to different retail locations. So. Um, We have high-end restaurants, boutique hotels, different cafes, bakeries, et cetera. And I will say, and this isn't just me saying it because I'm talking with you today, (laughs) I love white chocolate. And when I first had (laughs) your white chocolate truffles at the launch bingo event during startup week, I was floored. It was the best white chocolate I have had. I thought it was better than lint. Um, (gasps) Yay. Yeah. I mean, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you don't have to be humble. You have good product. Thank you um, so much. The chocolate industry is kind of a very glamorized industry. You think of, obviously, you've got like your Hershey and your M&Ms. That's a little bit more everyday accessible or marketed to every day. Um, but then you have your brands like Lint and uh, Ferrer Rocher and Godiva. Um, tell us a little bit about how Coco Asante fits into that and then I I've, my understanding is that you have kind of motivations that's just beyond you want to offer this amazing delicious indulgent treat to everybody yes so Coco Asante it is a premium chocolate com- um, company and so you're not going to find us on the same shelf as Hershey's you're not even going to find us on the same shelf as Lint and so I'm trying to build my company so it's up above with the ranks of Godiva, but even more than Godiva, because those are like big brands. Um, a lot of them are trying to be more aware about making sure that their cocoa comes from uh, fair trade or, you know, it's 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 grown in a sustainable way. Uh, but I'm trying to take that actually further. And I want to actually work directly with the cocoa farmers to make sure they're actually getting that fair wage and not just make it. I don't want to say that, you know, Godiva is making this a marketing scheme or other big brands are making this a marketing scheme. Um, but there's an authenticity that comes from Cocoa Asante, especially because I am Ghanaian. My family, we do have cocoa farmers. And so I'm personally invested um, in what I'm trying to grow. And so I'm trying to build a premium chocolate company or I am building a premium chocolate company, but I'm taking it to the next level with the ethics that are involved in. That's awesome. Um, So for to take that a little bit um, a step further, just for the everyday consumer like myself, um, where does the journey of cocoa start? Like, how does that start with farmers and then end up, you know, in your truffles? 
So I'll just share with you guys what I've learned about the cocoa industry and how cocoa comes from uh, the bean and how it gets to you in the store. So the journey of uh, cocoa starts from it's grown in tropical countries such as Ghana or Cote d'Ivoire. Um, those two countries actually produce about 65 percent of the world's cocoa um, beans, period. Then what happens is the farmers um, harvest the beans, they roast it, they dry it out. And then that cocoa is then sold to um, exporters. And so a lot of the cocoa that you get, it's actually not manufactured or processed in Ghana. It's actually shipped out and then manufactured and processed abroad. And so those cocoa beans are then shipped out to um, a lot of the European countries um, where big brands like, you know, um, Lynn and Godiva are kind of headquartered or wherever they have their processing plants. And so they're shipped out, they're then processed. And then um, those companies, um, some of them actually, for those who just produce like cocoa chips, um, and that's the cocoa chips that you find in the store, like at Walmart or Whole Foods, um, they make those cocoa chips and then they ship them over to the store. Um, but then for the actual chocolate product, they'll also make that and then they'll actually ship the uh, chocolate box to you. And so the cocoa beans are grown in one country, shipped off, processed, manufactured, made into chocolate, and then shipped to the consumer. So that all that kind of cool background information about chocolate might make you appreciate Coco Asante um, a little bit more when you try their truffles. Um, but where did you originally get the idea for Coco Asante? What made you want to pursue this? Like, you know, obviously you're a teacher. Was this something that was always on the back of your mind as a passion that you wanted to pursue? Or, yeah, fill us in a little bit about that. All right. So my journey to becoming a chocolatier was kind of interesting. It, I never really wanted to be a chocolatier. I, I don't have any experience. I never went to school for it. Um, but it all started when I was studying abroad in Tokyo, Japan. And I remember going um, to, I think it's called the Ginza district. And it's like this like fancy ritzy area. And I went into a shop and I bought a box of chocolate and it was called Royce Nama chocolate. And so I bought a box, I took it home and I ate one small square and I was floored. I had never tasted chocolate that was this rich that I, I literally put it in my mouth and it just melted on my tongue. It was so delicious. And so I began to think and I was like, well, why haven't I ever had the opportunity to taste chocolate this good where I'm from? And so um, I was that experience kind of stuck with me. And I also remember, you know, being in Japan, I would, I would tell people that I was born in Ghana because that's where I was born. And they would automatically associate Ghana with cocoa. And so I began to realize that all around the world, Ghana is known for their cocoa. You know, my mom always told me when I was younger, but, you know, I never believed it when she told me. She would always say Ghana has the world's best cocoa. And I was like, OK, yeah, whatever. And I knew that, you, you know, just I thought it was something mom. Said. Yeah. You know, just something mama always says. And I'm just, you know, it just kind of blew. Uh, it went in one ear, went out the other. <laughs> But um, and I also knew that we had cocoa uh, farms in our family. We had cocoa farmers as well. And so after, you know, I heard people making the, that word association, I was just like, well, maybe there really is something, you know, in the cocoa industry with Ghana. And maybe I can somehow, you know, one day have my own chocolate factory where I make chocolate that's just as good as Royce. And so that's where the dream kind of started. But then I kind of you know, put it in the back of my head because I came back and I pursued being a teacher because that's that was my passion. I love math. I love education. And so 
last year, I believe, we went to visit my dad and he was like, yeah, so what happened with your chocolate dream? And I was like, yeah, that was a dream that I had. You know, that was something that I wanted to pursue at one point in time. And so that literally kind of got it started again. Um, And so I then, you know, I wanted to start this business, but I wanted to start it off right because I knew that a lot of businesses have the tendency to fail in their first year. I think the statistic is like 70 something percent. And for African-Americans, I think it's like 80 something percent. And so I knew that if I wanted to do this business, I wanted to do it right and I would need the right support. That's awesome. And I think um, I think what's so awesome is, I mean, I have a total respect for teachers. I know when we've met previously, I'm always like, I don't know how you do it. You guys are like superheroes. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, as a teacher, you don't necessarily know the ins and outs of starting a business and even the idea that you're dealing with a product um, that's meant to be consumed as well. That comes with its whole own other set of rules and regulations um and then so i'm assuming that's when launch entered your life yes um so tell us a little bit about how you found launch um, and what that part of your journey was like in your experience um through that program awesome well i'll just say this I literally cannot thank Launch enough. That was honestly like one of the best things I have ever invested in myself because it just opened up the doors uh, to so many different opportunities. Um, But like I was saying, like I had, I knew I wanted to start this business, but I knew I needed support. I started to do a little research and I quickly got overwhelmed with all the information that was out there about starting a business, what sort of licenses you needed. But I didn't know what applied to me because everything is different. Um, state by state, but then everything was also different industry by industry. And then within the industry, I'm a chocolatier. And so um, I'm getting overwhelmed just listening to you (laughs) list all of the Yeah, it was was a lot. And that was just with licensing. That was nothing with taxes. That was nothing with, I mean, I still get overwhelmed sometimes, but that's when, you know how like Facebook like knows what you're talking about and yes. knows what you're looking at. Oh, up. they know. <laughs> so this is one of the cases where it actually worked to buy and benefit because um, in the midst of all that research, I saw a Facebook ad for launch and I was like, well, I know I need help and I don't know where to get it. Let me see if launch can help. So I visited the website and I saw that you guys had like a 10 week course and um, it was mostly grant funded. And so the price of that 10 week course was drastically reduced um, for those who wanted to take the class. And so um, I invested, you know, a hundred dollars. And I mean, this class is worth way more than a hundred dollars, but that was the best investment I ever made in myself. And I went to uh, the classes for 10 weeks. And so it was during the school year. So I was teaching and I would teach. And then after my classes, I would, you know, go take my launch class. And um, that's kind of where the journey began. We, I was in a group with probably 15 to 20 other entrepreneurs. And I remember the first day we went around and talked about where we were in our journey. And I was just at the conception stage. You know, I had an idea. I knew what I wanted to create, but I had never made chocolate in my life, period. I didn't know the process of making chocolate. I just had a name and I had an idea. And I remember sitting in the room and hearing all these entrepreneurs share like where they were at in their business. Some people had, you know, had already started um, and were, you know, Uh, selling product and so I was just like a little bit intimidated even though they didn't make the class to be intimidated but I was a little Mm -hmm. bit intimidated just because of where I was but launch really met me where I was and they helped me learn about uh, what it takes to run a business um, how to make sure I was 
allotting the right amount of time to my business because we can all make that mistake or that excuse that, you know, we're working, we have a full-time job, we can't find the time to start a business or venture out um, into what we want to do. But it's like, you can always make time for what you want. And launch really helped me build that structure to start a business. Yeah. And I like, you know, being an entrepreneur is definitely a scary thing. So I think that's where sometimes kind of making excuses, but you know, um, one of the things that launches pride launch prides itself in is that there is a team of people there who are experienced in a myriad of things. Like we know Marco who, you know, our vice president of operations, Marco Perez, who likes to just make sure that everybody knows he was the first person to try the perfected Coco Asante truffle recipe. So yes. <laughs> let's make sure that everybody knows that. So Marco's happy, um, you know, but he's like the numbers guy, um, you know, and even myself as business support services, I'm can help with marketing, creative, um, that sort of thing. And so I think um, if there's anything that you're scared of, there's someone there at launch to help walk alongside you absolutely um, hopefully make it a little less scary absolutely Um, and i also like selfishly to hear that you found us via a facebook ad because i put those facebook ads up so so i'm very glad to know that they work absolutely and i've Um, been trying to advertise launch via facebook anytime i see that you guys are starting a class i'm posting it sharing it saying you know if you want to start a business make sure you get into launch make sure you start oh my gosh well so and that's this is where i can also say where Launch entrepreneurs are the most amazing group of people. Um, The fact that you even, you know, um, advertise and refer people to us. I think that's that's huge. Um, You know, we we like to say that we, you know, can support our entrepreneurs. um, But we also really like that we see that support back. It means a lot to us. And it also kind of helps us keep us motivated because, you know, nonprofit works not always that easy. So based on kind of like the these statistics of failure rates, um, you know, as a not only a female entrepreneur, but an African-American entrepreneur, you know, have there been challenges that you've faced that you feel like maybe wouldn't you wouldn't have faced if you were, say, a white male? Uh, absolutely. Um, and I think I so for me, because I knew the failure rate, um, when I first started, before I had gotten connected to launch, um, it was difficult for me to know where to go, what to do, but also just to find like connections on, you know, well, how how do I register my business? Where do I go? Um, and so it was it was just a lot harder to break into the industry because I didn't have like the connections. Um, and so by going through launch, I feel that I lucked out because it's like now I have a group of people standing behind me to help support me, to help me make the connections that I need do need to make that's vital for my survival in Chattanooga as a small business. And so I lucked out. And so that's that's really important to me. I was able to um, utilize a service that's, you know, accessible to um, underserved communities. And so for me, that's also become a part of my mission. You know, I don't just want to bring, you know, premium handcrafted chocolate truffles to Chattanooga, but I want to do it with a mission. And so really Coco Asante 
kind of the I call this like my master plan. But the master plan. All entrepreneurs have a master plan. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's really to address issues of equity. So not just in Ghana where our cocoa um, beans are grown. Um, you know, we really want to invest more of the profits into the cocoa farmers. Um, but then on this side with Chattanooga, I also want to invest um, my time. Uh, my business and what I do into underserved communities. Um, and I've actually begun that already. So I'm a, I'm a teacher. And so what I've done, and I teach in Title I schools. Um, what that means is for a school to qualify as Title I, um, a certain percentage of the school has to receive free or reduced lunch. And so there are typically high poverty rates within these schools. And so what I've done is I've actually hired former and current students um, to kind of like work or intern with me um, just to help, you know, open their eyes to all the different opportunities that are out there to let them uh, know and see, you know, uh, an African, African-American female, um, you know, basically handling her business, you know, in this, you know, in this tough world. And so exposure I've learned as an educator is key. Uh, to really allowing kids to grow and dream and, you know, to th th uh, strive to do better and to be better. And so that's really what Coco Asante is. Um, it's really here to address issues of equity. Um, I think that's amazing, especially with, um, you know, Launch has a high school program. And, you know, it's not just about teaching students how to start their own business, how to come up with an idea and take that through to a business plan. It's about showing them that there's a lot of possibilities. Um, you know, when I was talking to one of the facilitators, they were saying that they feel like, you know, a lot of the students in these Title I schools, once they graduate high school, that's kind of what they consider the end, that they just consider they're going to graduate and go get a job. And then that's that. Um, but when they go through the launch class or get to work alongside a role model such as yourself, they see that there's other possibilities out there that they don't have to just go work in an office or, you know, have a career path that doesn't have a, you know, trajectory. Um, so I think that's that's really great. And I, I love that you're doing that. Thank you. And I definitely appreciate what Launch is doing with the high school kids. I've actually had some of my former students participate in the program. And so I was able to come and see them pitch um, their product. And. I've realized that a lot of my kids have an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit. They just haven't really utilized it in the right way. Mm -hmm. So I've seen kids where they'll like buy, you know, a huge bag of candy and they'll divide it up and they'll sell, you know, a little bit for 25 cents and they're making like a huge profit off of selling candy, off of selling gum, off of selling chips. You know, maybe they shouldn't be doing it at a school, but you know, hey, who am I to, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> No, I mean, I I'm, I feel like if that's what they're doing is selling candy, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's really great. I think, um, you know, especially with the job structure changing in the United States, it's less about going to work for a company, working there for 40 years, having 401k retirement. It's more about, you know, figuring out, you know, how to be an entrepreneur, um, how to be a freelancer and that sort of thing. Yes. And so Launch is definitely giving them the right tools to get to where, to where they need to go with what they have. And so I'm excited for that. So uh, where are you now with your business and where can people find Coco Asante? All right. So right now I'm in the stage of preparing to officially launch. And so I've been in business for about a year. 
but you know I wasn't really selling in the capacity that I wanted to sell so I've been you know doing little events here and there um, markets of you know a couple of markets um, I've also been doing like you know weddings or corporate gifts but I haven't been selling to businesses like I want to and so I sell business to business and so you can't necessarily come to me and just buy one box of chocolate um, I sell to boutique hotels around town. I sell to high-end restaurants. I sell to bakeries and cafes. And so I can't necessarily tell you which ones. I know, that was going to be my next question. I was going to be like, well, where can we go to get them? Yeah. So I know that's like, that's the, I think the most often asked question second to, um, did you bring chocolate? (laughs) Um, But I will be able to announce soon where you can find Coco Asante. Um, We have two um, locations that we are about to sign contracts with. Um, and so if you just follow us on social media at Coco Asante, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, you'll be one of the first to find out. Um, and so that's where we are. We're getting ready to launch. Thank you so much for, for joining us. You do have a website too as well that people can can check out. And what's yes. that address? So that's also www.cocoasante.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for um, letting us steal a little bit of your day. And um, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Um, And then, of course, if you can't find Coco Asante on social media, it's pretty easy, though, I will say. Um, You can also check out Launch's social media at Launch CHA um, because we will definitely be sharing and helping spread the word once um, you get officially launched. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate all that launch has done uh, to help support me as an entrepreneur. I, I wouldn't be where I am without you guys. I probably would have given up after burning my like fifth batch of, batch of chocolate. Oh no. oh no. Well, um, we're definitely glad that you found us and are happy to be a part of your story. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Launch by Launch is hosted and co-produced by Bex Feldman. Recording and co-producing provided by Kyle Delk. Intro and credits read by Mia Robinson of Mia's Voice Box, a Launch Chattanooga entrepreneur. For more information on how to support Launch Chattanooga, visit launchchattanooga.org.